everyone, and welcome to Don't Eat Your Young. I'm your host, Beth Quas. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to continue this podcast, and I hope that you are enjoying the speakers that I'm bringing to you. I would love to have a rating and a review from you uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. It'll help it grow, and we'll continue bringing these amazing guests to you. Today, I'm happy to have Alex Whitefield with us. He is helping nurses get the breaks they need during their shifts. He's created some software called Break Algo, and it's going to be a platform that will help nursing charge nurses and managers make sure that nurses get the breaks that they need and deserve. So I'm happy to bring Alex to the show today. Alex, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks for being a guest on Don't Eat Your Young. Absolutely. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your nursing career, and we're going to get into some amazing topics today. So let's get started. Yeah, um, I'm a registered nurse. I trained at uh, Washington State University. I got my bachelor's there. Um, I started my career in a small uh, regional <clears throat> emergency department. Um, I moved from there to a larger uh, emergency department here in Tacoma, Washington. Um, and then moved from there into actually the military world. I, I spent uh, four years as a civilian at our local uh, military facility uh, in the emergency department there. Um, was quite burned out by the time I was uh, through all those, did some traveling in there, uh, local travel assignments, and just completely burnt out and made the jump into leadership. Um, I was fortunate enough to come underneath a really exceptional leadership group um, and had some phenomenal mentors and a great team to, to help lead as well. I spent about f almost four years uh, overseeing a pediatric emergency department. And now I've transitioned into outpatient world um, and kind of taking a look at healthcare from the, the other side. But really uh, every kind of step I take, it's so much more informing of uh, the larger ecosystem that we're all trying to to navigate, and, and frankly, for most of us, seems so fragmented and and, and broken. Yes. Um, so it's interesting seeing it from both sides of the of the of the house. And I'm excited for you to talk about your leadership because I think so often um, nursing leaders get bashed by those that are mm -hmm. that they're there to help. They're there to work for them, and um, a lot of I would say a lot of people that haven't done leadership don't quite understand the spot that you're put in. And talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's it's a hard transition. Um, you are handed mandates. Uh, you're handed requirements that are at times very difficult to facilitate or, or to carry out. Yes. Um, and I don't think staff understands how often or how much frontline leaders are pushing back, advocating, um, negotiating, doing everything in our powers to try to, to facilitate or, you know, make sure the, the frontline uh, team is cared for and our patients get the optimal care. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, obviously there's, we've all had horrible managers yeah. um, that, you know, epitomized all things wrong, but the bulk of the leaders I've met and come in contact with are all in the same boat. We're trying to do the best for our patients, our community, and our, our staff. Um, and then the, I think the other part is the fact that as a leader, there's so much 
that you know, but you can't say. Yes. And so, um, you know, you'll have a, a difficult team member. You're having conversations with HR. You're having conversations with that person. You're hearing all this feedback and you can't say anything, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you can't mention, you know, all the, the context in which or why this this problem is persisting or not being addressed or the entire, you know, iceberg that's underneath this problem as well. And uh, I think staff often see the the tip of the iceberg, but don't understand that there is on any of these movements so much work in order to, you know, move uh, move somebody out of an organization or hold someone accountable or any address any of those issues. Um, and then there's just information nobody knows uh, except often that person, management, and HR. And you know, our our hands our hands are tied when it comes to having those conversations. And it, I think it, again. It's frustrating as a frontline staff member to not see progress, but it's hard as a leader when you're trying to, you know, be transparent, drive that information out when you literally cannot make, you know, mention a word of it. That is so spot on. I'm glad you mentioned that because oftentimes um, they hear one side of the story and it's not the leader's side of the story because like you mentioned, you can't say anything, uh, but so it's very hard. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Obviously there there's, you know, if you think of a situation that happened, um, the loudest voice often carries that narrative on your unit. Yeah. And that could be completely wrong. Um, but as a leader, you don't get to go out and say, well, you know, we just had a formal meeting. That was, let let me set the record straight. No, you don't have the right to go out and have that conversation. And so, Often the narrative or the situation you'll hear about it as a leader, but that is 100% false. Or I shouldn't say it. It is very false. Yes. The bulk of the premises there are are false. That's not at all what happened. But you don't get to hold a staff meeting and, and set the record straight. And I think that puts, again, puts the middle manager or the frontline manager in a really tight spot. Well, I'm glad you've had some good mentors uh, along the way. And I know in just talking to you that you care about nurses because what you're doing it, by being here today is showing how much you care and support your team. What do you see as some of the biggest issues facing nurses right now, bedside nurses? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And, and absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I go back to, um, well, I go back to my experience on the floor when I was working in the emergency department. Um, uh, I think number one, we well, I, I would say we need to go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. and examine that. Um, at the top of that is your personal safety. Uh, if if you haven't looked at that pyramid recently, you know, dust it off and and think about that in your own context of your own work, your day to day. And if we use that that lens to look at our conditions, our work environment. I think it's the perfect place to start. And number one, first and foremost, is violence in the workplace. Um, I think we must, as a as a society, address how to keep healthcare staff safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been personally assaulted s- numerous times. Um, some by you know people that are completely un at will, but definitely in many cases, people that knowingly were trying to attack myself and, and, and coworkers. Um, so I think that needs to be addressed. I, 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 you know, I've also counseled 
uh, patience for inappropriate sexual comments, all the entire the entire umbrella needs to be really strengthened uh, to protect healthcare uh, staff members from sexual harassment, violence, the entire, I mean, it, to me, it all groups together. Right. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, second to that, I think we have to look at, you know, our, our fundamental needs as a human, um, that's eating, drinking, and resting. Um, and that's what led me to my work uh, focusing on breaks. Uh, we look at burnout in the workplace. We look at everybody, uh, you know, obviously having a tough day. Uh, and then you compound that by inconsistent rest breaks. In most cases across the nation, non-existent rest breaks. Um, and obviously it sets the stage for people to be not at their best by the end of their shift, um, by the pure physio you know, physiology of their body. Um, going that long period of time with no water, no food, um, you know, non-existent breaks to, to regroup mentally or, and kind of process things. It's, it's no wonder that so many folks are choosing to leave the profession after two or five years. Um, and those who recent, you know, remain after 10 or 15 years are so burnt out, um, because again, that constant pressure that they, they face in the workplace. Do you see um, the upper administration understanding that and getting that and making a movement to change things? I think there's a, a big disconnect um, between frontline. Obviously, I mean, I think everybody can agree that there's a disconnect between executive leadership and what's happening on the floors. Um, I think there are some executive leaders at some organizations that get it. They round. They, um, you know, I've, there's even still some out there that will function clinically at a very, very small, small, small bit, but will uh, still pull a shift here and there or or do things. But there is that disconnect, and I I think it it nullifies that experience of the frontline staff to not even be able to understand or empathize or sit, let alone. Uh, sympathize with frontline staff. So there's a huge, huge disconnect, mm -hmm. I think, in most organizations between uh, upper upper leadership and, and the front lines, really, especially related to breaks. I would agree. And we all preach from the top of the mountain to say we need more nurses in those C-suite spots. We need them there because they understand. And even physician leaders, um, you know, they know their world, but they don't always know the nursing world. And so we need more people there um, advocating for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we need we need seats. I, I would advocate we obviously need to be in the C-suite, um, but I also think we need to be, you know, in our state houses and yes. we need to be pushing things at um, the government level. Um, again, so much now that you're, you kind of learn a little bit more in the leadership world, as far as the restraints that, that upper leadership have, um, but so much of our practice is dictated by our state legislators mm -hmm. and our state codes that dictate our practice. Uh, CMS has, I mean, you want to talk about just about every aspect of our care is in some huge books um, that get pulled out during uh, our inspections, but uh, so much of, of our issues uh, I think stem from there or can be addressed um, in, in the political side of, of uh, our systems. 
I completely agree with that. And I've gone out to Washington, D.C. the last couple of years. Um, we have a conference out there every year and we meet with our state legislators while we're out there. They're just people and they want to hear from us and they don't know what we do. And they're so easy to talk to. Um, so I, too, I agree. Get out there, talk to uh, your legislators and go do the job. We would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would love, you know, what my, my dream future state would be that politicians would want to court the nursing vote. Yes. You know, you, you drive through town, you know, obviously we're coming into political season, you know, firefighters endorse this, um, the international brotherhood of electrical electrical workers endorse this candidate. Why nurses? I mean, we are a huge work group, um, nationally. Um, why we have not been able to bind together to find an advocacy window to flex that muscle make politicians come to the table to talk to us to find our needs um, and figure out how they can, again, address our needs, court our vote at the same time. That is when we will truly be powerful uh, in getting those things done. Other organizations have less folks than us and yield tremendous power um, within the national uh, discourse. So I think it's a great opportunity. And, and if we could find that cohesiveness, we're not going to all agree again, 80, 20. Uh, right. I would tend to believe that, uh, nurses as a whole can agree on about 80% of topics. And if we could come down to a core 80% that we're all like, Hey, we got to bind together. And if a politician isn't on board for these, these, you know, principles, then that's where we need to stand up and, and make our voice be heard and, and flex that muscle. Yeah. I would, I would encourage nurses out there they're all busy. They're all tired. And on their day off, you know what, they deserve a break, but take an hour a week and look mm -hmm. into some nursing things and try to get involved or see what you can do to help those leaders that are really fighting hard for positive change in the nursing profession. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're out there and there's, you know, there, we already have a handful of um nurses in some legislative positions mm -hmm. um and you know you go into linkedin and you see uh nurse nurse politicians left and right and they get great traction and they're talking to all sorts of of people getting things moved bringing escalating situations so uh the power is there we just need to to find a way to back those folks and um kind of start get the ball rolling i agree so taking it back to the unit level where do you see change that can happen now on a yeah. smaller scale? So again, my, my big focus is breaks. Um, that's where my passion sits. I am, you know, the break nurse. Um, and I've worked on uh, some software solutions for that as well. I, I think first and foremost, again, we got to address violence. Um, I think that is something at a unit level, um, you know, we should be having, drills, whatever we need to do to, to make sure staff feels safe. That's first and foremost. Second from that, I think uh, we need to focus on breaks. Uh, we need to quit acting as if it, at the unit level, and everybody can do this no matter where you're at. Um, the culture of break is a luxury um, needs to shift to break as a, any sort of break is a necessity. Okay. Um, and I've talked to plenty of folks across the nation where 
breaks are traded, you know, like a Maserati or, you know, some, some fanciful thing that, you know, a good nurse doesn't need a break. You know, you take your uh, drink, drink some water in between your, your, your stuff or when you're charting. Um, we gotta, we gotta quit that, that, uh, that narrative. Uh, and it needs to be replaced with breaks or necess or just a plain necessity. Um, regular breaks are, if you want a break that has no reflection of your clinical ability, your mental strength, your physical strength, whatever that is, it is a pure necessity that everybody should have. Every unit can do that, support each other. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the buddy break process that probably is the predominant system across the, uh, across the nation where, you know, obviously you take somebody else's assignment, but I think any leader could at least at the minimum facilitate and Again, change that cultural narrative on your unit to say, let's work hard to make sure each other, we all get a break, get off the unit to step off the unit, drink water, eat food, uh, mentally decompress. Um, then I think on, you know, uh, several states have much more rigid laws where breaks are really cooked into our staffing as well as um, they're just, they're legally required. I think on those stages, we, we, you know, leaders need to step back and take a systematic approach and um, make sure that they have the adequate staff to, to follow those laws. And then they need to have a plan. Um, I think I've seen so many units where it's everything's kind of, if you are going to talk about breaks, it's, it's done in a paper and pencil method and, you know, or laissez-faire, everybody kind of go at it and see how you do. And it's much more complicated that than that to try to get it all organized. So come up with a systematic approach to, to address those breaks and, and get them accomplished. And I, I think those are a couple. Those are amazing things to talk about. I'm sure there's pushback from uh, leadership if you're talking about hiring more FTE to cover those breaks, but it is the only thing that makes sense. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, it, it's a small investment. Um, you know, they, they just, uh, I just saw some articles about the $100,000 yeah. signing bonus in California. Uh, we all know the cost of travelers. Obviously, that, that conversation has been pretty strong in, in the uh, whole community. Um, we all know that patients are being turned away. We're burning up nurses. You look at the finances of, of burnout. And that one FTE or, or bringing in a, an additional float uh, is frankly pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're able to keep your staff supported, you don't need to hire more agency. You are able to retain. Um, that is that is just good money spent. Um, obviously, there's a quality component there. Um, and we can talk about the quality implications of working long, long hours with no breaks. Um, or you have double assignments, all those sorts of things. Uh, there's all implications there, but there's a return. There, there's a, a business model to be made. Uh, it just requires, unfortunately, it requires a, a longer term view of that return. Right. And think about turnover and how much it costs just to train a nurse into a new role. Retain nurses yeah. And that number goes down to almost zero unless you have to hire new people. So you're right, pennies on the dollar to have the right yeah. staffing model. And I think, you know, I, I, I appreciate 
the efforts to train more nurses. We do need more nurses. We're we are an aging uh, we are an aging community, um, but we do need to focus on retainment. We we need to focus on keeping that because what we're going to get is a brain drain. Yeah, we're going to lose so much. Uh, you know, I think back when I started, I had nurses that were 20, you know, I, my two mentors were 20 plus year nurses mm -hmm. that had seen everything, heard everything, wrote the book about it, um, had intuition that I couldn't even comprehend on day one. Um, and I had that ability to pull from their knowledge base. They could look across the unit and tell you a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have that knowledge. They had it and they worked on obviously bestowing that upon us. And so as we, you know, as this, uh, the hemorrhage continues and we continue losing more and more folks from our, our community, we are also losing their knowledge. That's not now being passed on to the next generation. And so I, I do fear, um, I fear that loss. I think it's, I, I don't think that conversation's being had and the implication is going to be severe. That is a great point. Experience in nursing is you can't put a price on it because you can't get that from a book. You no. can't learn that uh, by taking a course. Uh, it's really experience. And I just want to say that don't eat your young isn't an age thing. Don't eat your older staff either. Yep. Don't make fun of them because technology doesn't come easy to them. We have to rely on them for the great information and the knowledge that they have. Yeah. I'm glad you I'm yeah. glad you brought that point up. Yeah. Hey, uh, you go into downtime. Guess your favorite right. people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go go to go to go to go to paper charts in any unit across the nation. And I guarantee you people will be uh well, I mean, we're seeing these these uh cyber attacks, but um Go on those units and then tell me who you're who you're clamoring towards. Yeah, uh, it's that that old school nurse that you know started on on paper charts and hates our EHR and uh, yeah they have knowledge to share and, and again uh, our patients our disease processes don't care about you know if you have electronic medical record right um, but their presentation all the information we have our those older nurses have just a such a keen understanding something that I don't think can always be put in words. I completely agree. So Alex, talk to us about what you're doing um, in solving the problem. So um, again, breaks are, are complicated. I, I work out of Washington State. We have some pretty tight labor laws. Um, we are required in Washington State to give a 15 or actually 10 minute break every four hours. Uh, a meal break between hour two and hour five, um, second meal break between hour five and hour 10. Um, and it's complex, you know, when you have a 12 hour staff member that technically requires four breaks, you have 15, 20 people on your unit, you have four or five different start times, you put that entire, you put all of those components together. And it's a really complex picture to try to stack all those breaks in there, make sure everyone's getting them equitably um and then make sure your your float or break nurse is you know judiciously climbing through and, and picking off people and, and again being fair distributing those breaks as well and i was fortunate when i came into a leadership position to that really solid team um 
and there was a, a, a mandate that everyone's going to get their breaks. And as assistant nurse manager, working with our unit-based team, we created you know, schedules and uh, a systematic approach towards it. Uh, we had tremendous success. Um, shout out to uh, Mary Bridge uh, Emergency Department here in, in Tacoma for, for that phenomenal work. And, um, but it took a lot of work. It was it was a laborious process, uh, and the other downside was, you know, you get a code, you get a tough admission, you get a sick call, uh, charger gets whatever happens, your plan's garbage mm -hmm. because, well, now the entire plan's garbage and it's not going to adjust. And so, I connected with a software engineer friend of mine, and we were chatting on it one day, and he's like, "Man, I I think we could make a program." Uh, that could solve all those problems and, and more or less stack it up. So what we've created is a software platform called Breakalgo. It is a dynamic scheduling tool. So you would, uh, I guess you could say probably dynamics management tool. And so you put in your break rules, um, you tell it, you know, when the break windows are going to occur. Uh, and then you put in your staff and it populates a real-time schedule for everybody to work from. Um, and then when Beth, when you're in a tough case that runs over or, you know, the patient crumps and you're now, you know, five deep, you have the entire department in your room helping get that patient turned around. Um, obviously your staffing plan or that plan for getting breaks is, is garbage, but what Break Algo does is it's going to continuously reshift, reschedule, restack all those breaks to accommodate. So it's always going to give you an opportunity to get the breaks completed. Um, and it, it's that dynamic approach because we as healthcare workers, this is what's unique about this and why you don't see other, other industries address this is the fact that unlike pretty much any other industry, um, obviously there's a couple of exceptions. We don't get to walk off the unit. Right. Um, we don't get to, you know, hunt our patients, say, Hey, you know, to our unit secretaries, watch my patient. Like, no, you don't get to have your unit secretary watch your patient. You are accountable, legally, morally, ethically accountable for that patient um, and their care until you hand it off to somebody else. And so, going on a break is not a simple task. Um, and the fact that you have to hand that patient off to an equally licensed and capable nurse makes that even more complicated. So, um, that's number one. And then number two is we work in dynamic work conditions. So. Uh, you know, you can make a plan and healthcare is going to destroy it. Patients are going to destroy it. Our staffing is going to destroy it. Um, you know, we've all walked into the unit. Man, this could be a great day. We have all-star team here. We're, we're, we're low on, you know, we're just, we're right. And then, you know, 27 minutes later, major trauma comes in, uh, patient crumps, family member shows up and, you know, throws a, uh, throws the entire unit and tell spend, sit call, everything. All these components add up to the fact that plans don't last long in healthcare. And so what we've done again is we've created a dynamic tool. So it's always going to continue to adjust and make plans. Um, and so we think that by approaching it in a systematic way that's dynamic, we're going to see better results and, and less folks are going to miss breaks. We're going to be more efficient going from one break to the next. Um, and then the other component that we have to have and, and really don't have as well is, is metrics and understanding of 
how we're doing on breaks. Mm -hmm. um, labor costs are a significant part of the the equation for a hospital. Um, and really, besides saying yes or no, I got my breaks, there's not a lot of data in the back to drive process improvement. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, so much of our data is, is lagging. So much of our data is, you know, not very useful if you wanted to go back and, and you know, do an autopsy of the, your last pay period, say, oh, what, what, why do we have such high this or that? Or why does Beth have such high missed breaks? You don't have that, that the fidelity of that, that information. Right. And so our tool will bring that data forward so that your leaders together with maybe your unit-based team or whoever wants to take a look at that is able to drill down on that data and say, you know what, we need to make some adjustments. Um, but you can't just make you got to make those adjustments informed and that's what we're trying to do is, is bring that information and transparency forward i love that and thank you for talking about data because how often do we hear i always get this or i never get this and then you look at the data and those statements are completely false or skewed so you're right looking at it and taking the approach that you are is going to be so important so to understand your software, is it the charge nurse that puts in the names and then do they go back and adjust? How does it work? So the data would be pre-logged. So, you know, as a, as a hospital, you would, or, you know, as a unit, you would determine, um, we even cook in a handoff time. So if you're in a, in a, you know, intensive care unit, um, Obviously, that handoff time is going to be longer. So we have handoff time cooked in there. Um, all that will be preloaded. Uh, and then the hope would be that you'd have a scheduler or someone like that pre-populate the tool with the staff members. So the staff members will be in there. As a charge nurse, you'll come in and you'll have a, a, a kind of system view with all the staff members on it. Um, it would look, yeah. So you'd have a system view, you'd be able to take a look at that, you'll see everybody on there. Your job would be to validate that yes, schedule's correct. Couple clicks, you can add people, a couple clicks, you can delete people. So the labor of getting folks in there is very minimal. There's a big concern about, uh, you know, does it integrate with uh, Kronos or other tools? It, unfortunately, it doesn't. Um, but you are able to get our folks loaded in there quickly, much faster than you could handwrite onto a staffing sheet. Uh, so those folks are going to go in there. It'll blow in your 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 staff members, and the breaks are going to get. The second phase of that would be as a charge nurse, your job would be to assign somebody to give those breaks. So it's going to give you work cues, and so you'll see a work cue. Beth is a charge nurse. You could say, you know, uh, Melissa, I want you to work break cue number one, and literally she can pull up on her phone. Uh, you know, whether that's hopefully it's hospital provided phone. They'll be able to pull up on there and they'll see, you know, the next person that needs to go on break. They'll be able to see that on their phone. They click uh, start break, give handoff, and then they're, again, when that break's complete, they'll hit complete. The break falls off the queue and the person's able to go to the next person. Melissa comes up to Beth. You're in the middle of that crashing patient. You obviously can't step away. She goes to the next person in line. You get rescheduled. And so it's always looking for an opportunity to get a break completed as early as possible. And if there's any sort of hiccups, it's going to reshuffle the deck and try to stack you back in. We've all been in the situation. Well, I can't say we've all, 
a lot of us have been in the situation. You're a float break going around. You come up to Beth. She's slammed with this, you know, decompensating patient. I can't go right now. All right, come back and get you. End of shift. You're in the break room, getting ready to leave. You know, that's in the best not looking very good. What's the matter? Oh, well, you know, I you never came back and gave me my break. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. I don't We've know. I've been, been there, there multiple times. Absolutely. Times. Absolutely. And it is, you know, you talk about guilt. Um, <laughs> you know, you feel so bad that you're like, man, you were slammed all day. That patient was a nightmare. Great job. I'm really sorry for forgetting about you. And so what this tool will do is Beth's going to continue cycling on top. Beth is going to be the top, top, top until somebody comes over and you're actually able to get that completed. Cause that's the person, frankly, that's the person that really needs it. And the tool is going to make sure that person's sitting on top and, you know, uh, first priority to get back out. So, um, again, it's a systematic approach. We, 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 I can't underline enough when you have, between 10 and 20% of your day dedicated towards breaks to be managing this on a piece of paper is pure insanity, really. It is. Oh my gosh. This is incredible. It truly is. Number one, it's going to save that charge nurse from running around asking, did you get your break? Did you give that break? Do we need that sucks up a significant amount of time. And at the end of the day, And I'm not saying this happens often, but sometimes time cards get, um, well, I missed my break or I missed my, I'm going to call no lunch, but you did get your lunch. And it says right here, you got your lunch and I don't want to bring the negative out, but that can add up to a significant amount of money too. If people are clocking no lunch and then it puts them into a different pay tier. And so I, uh, from a management standpoint i think that would be a great selling point uh, absolutely i i think charge nurse as well and, and i don't know if you've had this experience uh where you know so that your flow comes to you everybody's got their breaks beth unit's good everyone's got their breaks can i go home early well everybody's got their yes everyone's got their breaks <laughs> okay i don't care sounds good enjoy your evening yeah we're you know crash carts are checked yeah crash carts are good Okay, sounds great. Get out of here. Have a good night. As soon as that door clicks. <laughs> hey, Alex, um, am I going to get my break? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? Oh, none of us have gotten our breaks. And you're like, how have yeah. you not? She just said, well, I didn't want my break five minutes ago. I'm like, okay, all right. So again, this tool is you're going to be able to pull up a screen and you're going to see your entire unit. Um, every break is more or less kind of a, an icon and you're going to be able to see whether or not those breaks were completed when they were completed. Um, but it's going to give the, the charge, it's going to empower the charge nurse with that trans, that, that, um, um, transparency. Yes. And you, you know, I've also, I have one nurse in mind right now, excellent float break nurse. She was working magic. We also all know those break nurses that you might get a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, provide that data back, provide that feedback back. Cause we, we got to get better at this, right. um, both as a culture of the unit. I mean, that's the other feedback I hear from, from different leaders. It's like, well, people don't want to take breaks. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a cooked in culture. 
mm-hmm. that that doesn't want to accept a break, we got to break that. Mm-hmm. We got to say, all right, Beth is a qualified nurse. She's exceptional. I can hand, I'm in the middle of this and this. I can safely hand that off. I need to safely hand that off and I need to go on my break. Yes. Versus I have to have everything buttoned up. Beth's going to come by and watch my patients for 15 minutes and she's not going to do anything. No, you're a qualified nurse. You can go push those meds. You can start that. You can you know, help out with whatever needs to be done. But that culture has to change. And then we need to hold, we need to, to again, create a systematic process for completing breaks. We need to get everybody in line to be quick and efficient on that as well. Because again, it's it's a finite resource. Yeah, Nurses, nursing staff doesn't just, you know, it's, it's hard to come by. And so we need to be respectful um, of that that resource as well. What you are doing is going to help nurses across the nation and I hope across the world. I really hope this can be adopted because it's such an important thing. And it's important for nurses to know, like you said, we're qualified if we're working on that unit. But if you feel like someone's giving you a break and they're not going to do the job that you want them to do, teach them. Don't hold back. Don't go talk about them because they do this or that and you don't like it. Teach them. If you know something and someone doesn't, please just let's get everybody on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. Lift up. Yes. Yes. I love that because we've all seen it. Yeah. And, and they're qualified. And, you know, we, we also have philosophical differences in practice. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm more on the minimalist charting side. uh, And there is obviously a novelist out there as well. You can tell which side of the the paradigm I'm on. Uh, That doesn't make them more qualified or me less qualified. It's a, it's a, it's a change in process. And so, um, but I'm just as qualified to, you know, push some morphine and, you know, start a med and whatever else, um, but embrace and trust those folks. And and again, teach and communicate like, Hey, you really should document this Mm -hmm. or, you know, writing an essay and not doing this, these other things, that's an issue too. So, but be open, listen, and, and learn and teach. 100%. That's how we don't eat our young. That is how we don't eat our young. And if you put the patient at the forefront every yep. time, this won't happen. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I love what you're doing. I'm so happy that you are a leader in an organization. And I know you are a great mentor to those that are coming up behind you, which should make everyone feel good. And I hope the one thing I want to say to nurses as well, support your leaders, support your charge nurse, support your assistant head nurse, support your, your manager, go ask them, how are you doing today? Yeah. Because they need it too. They need it. Yeah. They're burnt out. They are sandwiched in the middle of sometimes two opposing forces and learn, learn what their struggles are as well. It, it, it's a lonely seat. It is. <laughs> I, 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 and again, we choose it and I'm not a victim to it. Um, but we don't, well, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be friends. I, right. That sounds kind of messed up. No, that's, but you know, when I, I had such great, when I was in the, some, you know, especially, uh, at Madigan, such great camaraderie, good friends with, with my colleagues, good friends with the physicians. We knew each other's families, all that sort of stuff. 
when you step into a leadership position, those those line those lines have to be defined. Yes, I'm your leader. Um, I, of course, I want to know about you as a person. We're going to have conversations. I want to know about that, but there there is a thick line mm-hmm. between. Um, you know, we're we're not necessarily friends. I'm your I'm your leader, mm-hmm. um, and that at times leaves leaves you pretty empty um, because it is it does get a little lonely. Yeah. I don't know. Not to not to sound like a victim, but. No, but it, it does. And so let's all help each other. Exactly. Let's write this ship and move forward in the best way possible. You, you said it, there's so many of us. And if we all come together and decide to collectively move forward in a positive way, there's nothing we can't do. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I think there's messing up my number here. Five and a half million nurses in the nation. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, we have the power to sway all the way up to the top. Yep. And we have to bind together. Uh, we have to treat ourselves like we treat our patients. Um, we have to treat our colleagues like we treat our patients. If we use the same lens that we, you know, the same kindness, empathy that we use towards our patients and our, our colleagues, if we, if we did all of those things, this boat would be righted quickly. Um, and we're going to get there. I, I'm, I'm confident. There's so many great folks working on this. And this is the loudest I've heard the conversation about work conditions and, and getting it and getting it corrected. So I'm hopeful. And there are people like you that are putting the time in, trying to understand the problem, and then coming up with the solution. So I applaud you and the work you are doing. And I hope this just gets out to so many people so that we can take care of the people that are taking care of our patients. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we won't get there until we figure out that 12 and a half hours of work with no breaks is not the equation to create long-term employees. Yes. And until that becomes a universal fact that 12 and a half hours, no consistent breaks does not equal a well-engaged working group, then we won't get there. We will continue to see even, or, you know, the, the hemorrhage will not stop. Right. I agree completely. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for talking to us about what the problems are and some solutions that we can move forward with right away. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, anybody who wants to reach out, I, I'd love to talk about breaks. I love to hear people's stories. Um, I think it, it's it's fuel for for my my passion, which is obviously moving this agenda forward. Um, anybody that's interested in, in seeing or a demo product, probably LinkedIn is my greatest tool to get a hold of me. Um, and yeah, reach out. Let's talk about breaks, and you know, even if we can just do a small shift, um, even change the philosophy, the culture of your unit to support breaks. Whatever we can do, let's let's move that ball forward. Um, but yeah. Let's do something. That's great. We'll have all of your contact information in the show notes too. So like Alex said, reach out to him, find out what he's doing and let's make improvements. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate it. And we have not heard the last of you. I hope not. I hope not. The the, the ultimate goal, national standard for breaks, no matter what state you're working in, uh, you should be getting consistent, regular breaks. Uh, if my grandmother in, uh, you know, 
uh, Indiana, she should get a nurse that's just as rested and mentally cared for as anyone else. So um, ultimate goal is to get this to be a national or even international standard, because uh, that's what we have to do. Great. Thank you so much, everyone. Check out BreakAlgo if you aren't getting the breaks that you deserve. And let's uh, move this forward. Absolutely. Thanks, Al. Beth, thank you so much for, for your work as well and your advocacy on the behalf of nurses and, and also, you know, highlighting nurse leaders because that's not, that is not an easy seat. Um, and I've seen it. Obviously, we've all seen it. I, I think what's saddest about nurse leaders is you, you take, often it's the, the star of the unit jumps into that seat and man, a lot of them, it, it's a career ender. And so right. um, that's really the sad part. And now they're gone because they just, it just didn't work for them. And so let's look at our ways that we can support those folks too, because they're trying their best. I want to bring you back another day and just have a conversation about that because that is an entire episode in itself. I would love that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. And we look forward to hearing from you again. Awesome. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, everyone. 